Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Rock camera stay. Rock camera stay. Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by my good friend Nick Roush in uh, in Louisville. Nick, what's up, man? How you doing? You bought a house. You good? Yeah, good. Having a good time. Um, I, you know, it's just a lot of running around. My poker game returns tonight, so um, I right. think I'm riding with the Cougs. Really? Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah. go Houston. Watch a little football. It's going to be a great time. Great time. Can't wait. Um, but, uh, yeah, just – it feels like that Florida game was just yesterday, and now we're on the heels of another game, you know, another big-time game. Yeah. This, this this grind is uh, – chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, LSU coming to town. Kentucky 5-0, and LSU 3-2. and uh, Two total opposite ends of the spectrum, Kentucky – uh, has been the talk of the country, really, in SEC this week. And in LSU, everybody is uh, is already looking for a replacement for Coach O. Uh, the Tigers' backs are definitely against the wall. Coming to Lexington, down uh, down a couple of defensive backs. We'll get into that later. We're also joined by Andy Murray, uh, who is on his way to a casino this morning, so I'm a little concerned about him. Andy, <laughs> how you doing, man? Good man, just trying to get the dice hot. Hey, hey, Nick, I, I'm I'm not happy with Andy today. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Really? What did Andy do? Some dude sent me a, a video. It was it was an Auburn produced video of uh, when we played Auburn, uh, Andy's senior year, and uh, you know we were trying to come back, and, and I threw a. Uh, I don't know, about a 10, 15-yard pass to the fullback, sure, completion in the middle of the field. Uh, bounced off of Andy's enormous hands into the Auburn defender for an interception. So, mm. uh, that that doesn't make me too happy. Mm. Man. Yeah. A- Andy, I thought big hands. I got I to gotta, I gotta defend myself, Nick. That, that was probably play 12 or 14, that drive. We were all gassed, I bet. 14 yeah, play drive that's like good. that's, that's <laughs> well he was on well, their side of the field so i figured we ran it by then at least 10 times well i did notice also in the video nick that i checked to two fullback runs on the goal line to give him two touchdowns and that's how he repays me wow so that's just uh, that's 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 just not very good and i thought fullbacks were selfless too i mean I, well what? i did too obviously <laughs> Guess I was wrong. I got an earache this morning. I'm in a bad mood. And I'm not happy with Andy, and this well, game has got me worried to death. So at least we got Jay Dorch here. He'll make you feel better, Freddie. Good, hey, Jay. How's my trusty friend doing? I'm good, buddy. I am good. We are uh, 
getting near the end of Laurel's season, but they're undefeated in the conference play. Hopefully, win the MAC and go to the NCAA tournament. And yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Back you got some Florida. Max. You got some maxing going on tonight, or you get you all no, play this starts, weekend? Uh, yeah, we play uh, play Friday Sunday. This, yeah. this season, they're a Friday-Sunday schedule. So, we're, we're actually – we'll head back up to Oxford uh, tomorrow, and then uh, we're going to go to the game Saturday. And these are the only two games we can make was Florida and this one. So, uh, yeah. we'll drive, drive back to Oxford and have another game on Sunday. Did you get the fight when you were in Florida this time? I did not. No, it was just uh, – it was all peaceful. A lot of love around there. <laughs> Yeah, right. Sitting, Whatever. Sitting by the sitting by the pool, drinking some some uh, umbrella drinks. Nice, nice. So, hey, uh, Kentucky beats Florida since uh, for the first time since 1986. <laughs> Dollar Bill Ransdale, Tony Mays with a with a with a fumble recovery. Uh, been a long time coming. Kentucky had found ways to lose to Florida. Over the years, and and uh, some embarrassments, some close games, but hadn't got it done. Finally, beat the Gators twenty to thirteen uh, at Kroger Field. Huge celebration, uh, just a just a fantastic night for the Wildcats, especially defensively. I thought Brad White dialed up just a just a beautiful game. Uh, execution was at a high level. Eye discipline that didn't let Florida trick them with the eye candy and pre snap. And, and and all that. So the crowd was great. Eight illegal procedure penalties against Florida. Just a fantastic night all around. Andy Murray, what's your reaction to Kentucky's win over Florida on Kroger Field? He dropped another pass. Jay, what's your reaction to the Cats uh, win you know, over Florida? Man, it was just uh... – I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I will say the atmosphere was just ridiculous. And they, the crowd played a, a huge part, which needed to happen this weekend as well. But the thing I keep saying about this team is they just – they are just finding ways to win. Yeah. Um, and whatever – whatever something's got to happen down the stretch. And different players uh, have stepped up, whether it's been on the offensive side or defensive side. And when they had to have a play, they had it. And I just thought it was so appropriate that the defense ended up winning that game because of just how well they played. You know, they they to have eight eight uh, goal line stands basically inside the ten yard line to end the game. Uh, the defense just making play after play after play. Uh, I thought was just fantastic. And and to your point of Brad White, I mean that guy. Um, he he not only had him ready and prepared. Um, but they executed, and they continued to tackle in space uh, like they did at South Carolina, uh, which is just huge. When they when they do that, um, man, it's incredible. Andy, are you back yeah. with us, my friend? Yes, you got me? Yeah, I got you. Uh, huge win over Florida. What's your reaction from uh, the Cats' 20-13 victory? You know, it's uh, – I just think we erased a lot of demons in that stadium. You know, I, I couldn't relax until that, that last play just because I thought – I just kept thinking through my mind that, you know, Mullen was going to score and go for two and rip our heart out. And I hate yeah. to think that way. And I was trying to be positive, but I just – and once 
and once that game was over, man, it was like that. And you saw it in the stadium's reaction. I mean, there was thousands of people that had that same gut feeling that just went ballistic. And it was, uh, it was awesome to see. I, you know, I hope he carries over this week. I think the fans will. I just hope, I know the team is, uh, you know, they're probably a little tapped mentally. They've been getting smoke blown their way all week. And uh, it's just another test for Stoops and his program to see if they can respond. <clears throat> Nick, do you think Dan Mullen would have gone for two if the Gators would have scored on the game's final drive? Yeah, because they were kind of lucky to be at that point. And with the way the stadium and the fans were, I don't think he wanted to play more of that football game. Um, they were able to kind of move the ball, but they couldn't do anything with it because Kentucky's defense was playing so well. I think he would roll the dice and taking his chances on the two-point conversion, um, especially, especially I, being on the road, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think he'd had enough of that Kentucky defense, and and you didn't want any – you know, you don't want to risk uh, – he would, did, didn't want to risk the chance of going into overtime. There's two instances – during the game that I thought that Dan Mullen showed tremendous respect to Brad White in that defense at the end of the first half, having the football with over a minute to go with, with timeouts, he elected to go to the locker room with a 10, seven win instead of trying to, to get points to go uh, at the end of the second quarter. I thought that showed respect and then not going for it on fourth and short uh, in the second half. I thought for sure he would have, uh, but did not, and, and again, that's respect for for Brad White and that defense that absolutely played their lights played lights out. Held Florida to 171 rush yards. The Gators would come into the game averaging 322. A uh, key to the game that I thought was third and fourth down. Kentucky holds Florida to four out of 13 on third down for 31 percent. Uh, Josh Pascal played the, the game of his life. Seven tackles, three for loss, a block kick. And the linebackers, the two inside backers, I thought played really well. Square and Jones combined for 22 tackles. Uh, there was not a, a weak link in that defense for four quarters. I thought it was a total uh, complimentary game as far as defensively. And the most well, one of the most well-rounded performances, Nick, you wrote a post and had it ranked second on, on the most impressive defensive outings that you've seen. I agree. I think the second half of Missouri – holding the Tigers to no first downs was one. That Florida game was two. Man, and I was going back through that Missouri game. Josh Allen had 11 tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Is that good? <laughs> Man, I and, – and the thing was is we hadn't – those kind of defensive games where dudes just go nuts, You, because that's what Josh Pascal did on Saturday. And the two-and-a-half tackles for loss, and I think he had seven tackles total, it really doesn't just capture how much of the game he wrecked. And, man, Pascal wrecked it. I mean, that was as good as anybody's played defensively since the other Josh was on campus. He was a game wrecker in all <laughs> phases of the game. And even if he didn't get the sack, he was putting pressure on Emory Jones and making him th get rid of the ball in a hurry. Yeah, I mean – if you want to put a case study together of team defense, I think you would look at that Kentucky uh, performance against Florida. I mean, that was a team defensive effort with all three levels playing in conjunction with each other. Tackling was incredibly efficient. 
did not give up the big play. Stuffed the run. If you can call 171, giving up 171 yards, stuffing the run, which I can against that Florida run game. Uh, Jay, I just thought it was a complete outing by Brad White's group. Yeah, all, all three levels played extremely well. And I, I obviously everybody, nobody could be happier for, for Josh Pascal. I mean, that guy, um, what he's been through and what he's overcome. And, you know, he made some, he made some money last weekend. But I, I'll tell you another guy who played an unbelievable game was Devontae Robinson. Yeah. You look at some of those plays, especially in the first half he made, he kind of set the tone. Uh, that guy was was Devontae of old before his injury. I mean, he played unbelievable. And I'm so happy for him as well because what he's been through has been through some really tough stuff. But, man – you know, they are so disciplined and, you know, it obviously took a little while for them to kind of get their feet under them, you know, but the senior leadership is showing um, their discipline is unbelievable and they are trusting each other. And of course, Jones, man, the, the game he had was, was unbelievable as well. Yeah. Andy, what do you think about that defense? Brad White put together another uh, performance. I mean, he's, I mean, he is so good at his job. You know, it, it really – it's schematically what he came up with for those guys. But I like Jay mentioned, man, the tackling, you know, I don't recall seeing any missed tackles. I mean, that their yards after contact, I mean, we bottled those guys up. Uh, we swarmed the football. I mean, just the gap integrity. I mean, they – I don't know what their longest run was, but I don't recall it. You know, I mean, you, you watch that football game and you just don't recall them ever getting anything on us. You know, they might have got a 10-yard one here or there, but just, uh, you know, and, and you can see why all these kids came back. <clears throat> they knew they had something special. And uh, just the guys that came back for that extra year that, that are showing up right now on that defense. And it's um, just awesome. It, it was probably – Looking back on it, as good a defensive performance as I ever recall sitting in that stadium. I mean, they were just awesome against the caliber, you know, that that caliber of a team. I mean, you've seen them dominate some lesser teams, but to play that well against one of the best teams in the country was just, man, it was a joy. It, it was just awesome to watch. You know, Nick, it's funny. Been- it's funny when you when you watch that game too, and and you think about you know Bully going out so early. And he's been so dominant. But, you know, the best way to stop the run is, is stop before it gets started. Yeah. And I thought that, that front push, you know, from, from the front, from the D-line was unbelievable. And you you talk about Josiah Hayes and, and uh, Justin Rogers coming in there in that situation. And, you know, obviously they're not bullied. But, man, you look at what that group did. I mean, they owned Florida's offensive line. They, they yeah. couldn't get a play started. Well, and looking back in, in the history of this program and, and for years, you know, you'd go into these games going, ah, oh, we're missing a starter here and a starter there, and, you know, we're in trouble. And, I mean, we have guys go down left and right and don't miss a beat. I mean, it's just – it really – I mean, the program it's, and what he's built is – and the depth is just crazy. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the game that brings that Rodgers kid probably to life because I think he's – been a little overwhelmed since he's been on campus. Uh, evidently needed some technique work and things like that, but he showed he's a pretty good football player the other night. He's just going to be, you know, and he's going to be fun to watch. That kid is going to be a stud. Yeah. 
No doubt. Nick, we'd be remiss without talking about the offensive performance on Saturday night. 211 total yards. Uh, Nick, that's something that, that you know, <clears throat> this offense is, is – uh, last two games have not been uh, not been good, uh, but finding ways to win football games. Nick, 87 yards passing. Does that have you concerned going into the LSU game? It does, but I think that Levis got uncomfortable early and he didn't recover in the ways that I quite expected. And it's also, I mean, you see some of these plays where they're off and they really are off just by such slim margins. And it can be so frustrating to, to watch like, man, if you just get your eyes over here, you've got your receiver. Or, hey, if you hold this block another second longer, then boom, you ha- you've got a big play on your hand. So there's uh, there's some frustrating moments for the offense, but uh, luckily you're playing the worst pass defense in the SEC, one of the worst pass defenses in Power 5 football coming up. And you got Wondell Robinson. Uh, ride Wondell as much as you can. Just get him the football. Uh, I, I, we know kind of what Kentucky has at wide receiver, uh, but let, let him take care of business. He can get it done for you. Let's switch the conversation to uh, pass the Florida game. Hopefully uh, uh, Mark Stoops' team will do the same, which I think uh, he will have them ready for LSU. But – Let's talk about here we are at the, at the halfway point of the season, and we'll first get into offense, and we have to, you know, the decline of the offense. Kentucky scored one and a half, averaged one and a half touchdowns in their last two game, SEC games against South Carolina and Florida, uh, and then you look at the total yards uh, decline. From you take the first two games of ULM and Missouri, Kentucky averaged 542 total yards and 7.9 yards per play. Nick, you go to Chattanooga, South Carolina, and Florida, that number drops to 304 yards per game and 5.2 yards per play. So there has been a steady decline, especially over the last three games. And, you know, Mark Stoops said that he trusts the process, trusts Lee and Cohen that's going to get it figured out. If, if he says that, then I believe him. He has certainly earned my trust uh, uh, on and off the field. And if he says it, I, I take it uh, to heart. But uh, we'd be remiss without talking about just the, the decline of this offense. And and it's just uh, – You're worried, uh, Freddie. You're worried too much, Freddie. You're worried too much. I can't help it, Nick. And, and here's the I thing, Freddie. I don't think it's – I really don't think it's that much different than – what we were dealing with previously where you would, we, we've had this conversation before Kentucky's winning games, but they aren't playing good offense. But the difference is, is you do have Wondell Robinson as that threat and you haven't really forced Will Levis to do a lot. You haven't asked him to run a lot. And I think, I think the the part where he struggled is when things get tough. I think he's a guy that just needs to get hit a little bit you know, and not behind the line of scrimmage. But I think whenever things do get tough and teams are pressing up, just tell them tuck it and run, man. Go get seven, eight yards. Uh, that's where I, I think they can help get through, kind of push through this stalemate they're currently in. 
Well, I, yeah, I, I agree. Just my my two cents on it is <clears throat> Stoops sees these guys in practice, and Stoops has a pretty good defense in practice. So that's where I think his optimism is. He he knows what they can do. I think the other side of that coin, if you look at South Carolina and Missouri, um, we knew what we had to do to win a game. And I think LSU or uh, uh, the game last weekend with Florida was the same way. I mean, they knew what they had to do to win the football game. And I think that's exactly it's Stoops. It's been his MO since he's been here. You know, no, nobody has ever seen Stoops blow anybody's doors off outside of Louisville and a couple other teams, but they, they just, he does the operation they need to run to win the football game. And I, I, I don't, I don't think he's in Cohen's ear as much as, you know, when they sit down on, you know, Tuesday night as a staff and they're trying to figure out how to beat somebody, they say, look, here's where we're going to beat them. And that's what they go do. And it's not fancy and it's not slick and it's not what fans want to see, but I think they, they know exactly what they're doing. And Stoops optimism comes from practice because they're evidently playing well against their, their defense in practice. So I, I think I don't think he would have that look on his face and that grin if he didn't know he had more. <clears throat> I I gotta I mean, I'm I'm with you, Andy. And I, I think, you know, at least for me, you guys probably thought a lot about this, but you know, I forget that Levis didn't have spring ball, you know, and I forget this is a new offense. <laughs> uh, I also forget that Fortner had not played center. And we got spooled to have Drake Jackson for four years and John Toth before that, and we all know. Drake Jackson knew the offense better than anybody on the field. And his his call was made probably – he knew what the defense was going to be lined up in before the defense even lined up. And so his calls were made early. And I'm nothing against Fortner. Um, but maybe, you know, there's some growing pains there and some growth with Fortner and getting the calls on time and the right calls in place. And we talk about that, you know, just another half a second with a block. And, you know – I don't know. I just think there's a there's a lot to all that, and I just think their best days from an offense are ahead of them. You know, Wandell's. You know, as great as he is, you know, he's new on campus virtually, and uh, I, I just don't think we've seen the best of what's to come. And they're just they're fine. They're trying to find their feet. We've seen some flashes of some unbelievable potential, and man, it's going to be scary when they put it all together. And I think they'll get oh, there. Oh yeah. Um, I think. Levis has got to get a little more comfortable. I think he's he gets just a little bit edgy. I love what Nick says, man. Dude, tell him to tuck and run early because I'm with you, man. When he gets hit, I think he just settles down a little bit. He's just that kind of a player. But I don't know. I just – I forget that no no spring ball for Levis and Fortner, you know, brand new at the center position. And, you know, who's the quarterback of the offense besides – the obvious quarterback. It's it's the center. It's the most important player. Good call. Yeah. And Freddie, sure. we just we just shut you down, Freddie. Yeah. No, take did. that. Take that. <laughs> no, you Get did. your pessimism out of here. No pit. Hey, listen. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just realistic. I You're study just these numbers. I'm not worried. I'm just studying these numbers, and I know that Wondell Robinson has 29 catches. With Josh Ali out, the next. Top uh, pass catcher is a wow. three-way tie with Bates, Rig, and C. Rob with five. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, I think that you, I don't. That is that is. I, I'm not worried or concerned because Stoops told me not to be. But I'm just saying, with a team, you know, Kentucky's going to have to win a game offensively down the stretch here. Is it LSU? I don't know. 
but they're going to have to score points at one certain one point and another during the season, and uh, and it's not shown that it can do that recently. But I agree, it's going to happen because Mark Stoops says it is. So we'll leave it to that. Go ahead, Andy. Well, I, I, you know, th- this was the first time this week. I, I forget where he said it or or uh, I heard it from Stoops, but this was the first time I've heard him say that we got to go out and get some receivers. I mean, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, it, it's, it's definitely the worst position that they've recruited. I mean, that, that guy's recruited monsters on defense, monsters on the offensive line, monsters at, you know, running back. I mean, the, but the two key positions that they just have struggled with is receiver and quarterback. I mean, we, we haven't had a quarterback take a game over since when, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's and, just, you know, and, and I don't know if that's because he's a defensive guy or, or you know, what, what that is, but that's just definitely. It's, it's chicken or the egg. Andy, you know, what comes first? Do you not recruit well because you don't have the guy, you know, like, because Kentucky's offense isn't exactly attractive to the passing game folks out there. So I, I think there is a chicken and the egg situation as the root of the problem. But to solve that problem, you had a five-star receiver in Barry and Brown officially visiting last weekend. Dane Key was rushing the field. Uh, you've got Chris Vecina, who is – he's one of those guys that Kentucky identified early. Uh, but they, there's a ton of big names after him. They got him on camp for uh, on campus for camp this summer in between his visits to Alabama and Clemson. And then he got offered from Florida last week, Penn State, Auburn, et cetera, et cetera. They're getting him on campus for this weekend's game against Auburn. So um, it's it's a work in progress, but they're at least fishing in the right waters. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt they about need it. To. It's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Let's get to a more fun part of the midseason evaluation. That, that will be the defense. Kentucky's given up 17 points a game, uh, 284 total, which is third in the SEC, 11th in the nation. Uh, third down, only 39%. Uh, we've talked a lot about the defense, but I like everything about it. Uh, I think uh, it, it is a unit that, that plays uh, together, plays discipline. We've talked about it, extremely well-tackled, tackling team. Uh, just uh, there's nothing but positive to say about the defense as we're going into game six. Uh, let's get into the LSU game. Nick Rouse, is this a trap game? Uh, will the Cats no. have a letdown from Florida? What, you, what's your take on it's that? It's only a trap when you're playing teams you ain't never heard of before. This team won a national title two years ago, okay? Dare Rosenthal was on that team. Now he's on Kentucky's. I don't think you – know, I go back to that conversation that I had with in the offseason with Bohanna and Hoskins. Like, you don't have trouble getting up for a game like LSU. Now, physically, this is where you start to see you got a road trip to South Carolina against a bunch of dudes. You got a physical game against Florida. Physically, that's where I don't know how they're holding up. In addition to McCall getting hurt, Stoop said that Josiah Hayes got, quote-unquote, dinged up a little on that game as well. So, I think physically – there could be a little bit of, you know, you're going to have to start pushing through some stuff here without having a week off to recuperate. You're still two weeks away from that bye. But, you know, Brad White said, you know, um, all I got to do is ask him about that Chattanooga game. Like, if, if you yeah. don't if, – if you can't – and I know it was really kind of a lame spin zone at the time, but 
I don't think this team is worried about needing a wake-up call. Like, they've already had that letdown moment. The key is just not – it's just getting the stadium into it early and then just kind of putting that foot on the gas because LSU is a team where their wheels are spinning a little bit right now, and if you put the pressure on them, they might fall off. I 100% agree with you, Nick. I don't think that this is a trap game. I don't think that it would be a letdown game. And I would agree with you on – you know, Kentucky's gone through two physical football games uh, against Carolina and Florida. That That's the only issue of bouncing back for another physical football game against LSU. Uh, but the Tigers offensively aren't, aren't a physical team. Nope. Uh, run, run for 70 yards a game, 2.6 or 7 yards per carry. Not great. Uh, this, this LSU offense – and people down there don't want to hear it, is the air raid. I mean, there's no run, there's very little run game. Throw it all throw it all the time, dink and dunk with one extreme dude as a pass catcher. Kayshawn Butte, uh, 30 catches, nine touchdowns, Jay Dorch. This is the best offensive player that Kentucky will face this season. And he is good enough to change the scoreboard even if Kentucky is doing everything right, right place, right time, right call defensively, Boutte is a receiver that can score a touchdown just on skill alone. Yeah, I, but I, I just got to tell you, man, I, I trust Brad White. I really yeah. do. And, and, and he has – if you watch and see what they've done um, – They've attacked each game a little bit differently. Um, but one thing they never really have done, which I love because they haven't had to do it, is they just don't rely on these these crazy blitz schemes. Um, they, they're letting that front line get a, get a huge push. And then they're letting their skilled guys just make the plays. Um, you know, our, all of our front defensive linemen, every one of them pretty much demands a double team. And so that totally frees up your linebackers to go make plays. I mean, it's you don't see often where somebody's getting a true uh, hat-on-hat block on one of our linebackers. And uh, I just I, – I, I feel good about where we are as a defense. I think they have their identity uh, from a trap game perspective. You know, man, we are senior-led. Um and I feel I feel good that they know they've been there. And you know, we all know Stoops teams have not had a good history of showing up after a big win. Um, but I think this team is different. Um, I think I think not only has the coaching staff matured, uh, but this team being so senior led, um, they're going to be ready. And and you know, I'm glad it is LSU um, because to Nick's point, that's a name brand. Um, that's, yeah. uh, that's relevant, yeah. that's relevant name out there. If it was Tennessee, if it was Bandy, if it was, you know, another game, our schedule besides Georgia, I, I would be a little bit concerned maybe, but I don't know. This team is different. I, I think they are so hungry on both sides of the ball. And I think that, you know, quiet leader on the offense is, is Wandell. I don't see him as a big talking guy, but, uh, you know, he demands some, some high-level play out of his teammates, it seems like. He just raises their level and expectation. Yeah. Andy, Derek Stingley Jr. is an All-American corner. He's out. Major Burns, safety, he's out. But this LSU team, we've said it a thousand times, is so talented. The other 
corner for LSU is also an All-American and Eli Riggs. What I was LSU is an interesting, fascinating study for me because the talent does not match the results for this football team. And, and there's been a bunch of focus, discipline issues. Uh, the two coordinators are catching flack from from the stand from the stands and from LSU fans. Uh, the Tigers are being outscored in the fourth quarter, 57 to 31. So Kentucky starts hot, leans on that run game late, late in the fourth quarter, scores points offensively, which it's not done. Uh, Kentucky can beat LSU. And I look at the, the if all the games that were played against the Tigers that I think could be a similar uh, situation, it's UCLA. UCLA beat LSU 38-27 in the opener and did so by out-physicaling, being more physical and out-toughing LSU, which is, you know, it's rare for a Pac-12 team to do that against an SEC team, but but the Bruins did so. Uh, LSU has issues. Uh, some are saying if, if, if LSU loses to Kentucky, uh, that it, it could be the, the end for Coach O. So, He's coaching for his for his uh, life here, Andy. Well, and, and you know, I, I heard uh, this week that he walked out of his press conference. I don't know how true that is, but um, that's a sign of frustration, obviously. He's frustrated by the heat. He's frustrated by his team and his locker room. I mean, let's face it, he, he lost an All-American first-round pick to us. So, I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, that we haven't had that happen to us. We haven't lost any first-rounders to other teams. So there's something going on there. There's there's uh, definitely something brewing, and uh, you know that that frustration on his end can only be related to some of those things that nobody knows, right? And and nobody knows the locker room like the coaches and the players. And when you lose your locker room, which they may have, you know, they could have lost it after that UCLA game. Plus, you've got a team loaded with talent, like you're saying. Well, that's that's a good and bad thing because you got a bunch of guys, you got guys that think they're not getting enough balls. You got a bunch of guys that think they're not getting enough blitzes. You got a bunch of guys, you know, that, that are kind of turning on them because they're not getting some of the things that they might've been promised in the, in the process. So I don't know. I mean, I, this team, Kentucky is, I think the stars are in line. I really think Stoops has done it the old fashioned hard way and gotten us to this point by, just as he always says, not flinching and just going to work every day. And this, this team's got a work like mentality. We haven't lost kids to other programs and the, and the portal that you, you know, that, that really mattered. And that, that says everything about a team. And I think LSU is going to come in. They're going to play hard because, you know, Oh, is he's a, that coach, he's a motivator. I don't think he's an X's and O's guy. I think he's a motivator. He'll have them a little fired up early. Anything goes against them, the wheels are going to come off. And that's just, I, I don't know, we've all played long enough and know what's going on really and truly behind the scenes. And when you lose, lose the locker room and some of that stuff, which looks to be part of the problem, I think it's going to be a win for the Cats. Nick, Jake Peets, the offensive coordinator from LSU, uh, is getting heat. Uh, uh, the 70 uh, rush yards per game is something the fans aren't happy with. Pre-snap communication errors, untimely timeouts, other things of that nature. 
pre-snap uh, communication errors before they come to yeah. Kroger Field? Oh no! Well, you know we we'll let's just get into that. Oh, LSU, they're gonna. Well, he runs a but, system that, that's check with me. So Brad, Brad Johnson, Zach Johnson, to come to the line, look at the defense, Max look Johnson. over the sideline. Yeah, Max Johnson, Joe Johnson. I don't care who who Johnson will come to the line, <laughs> to the line and and do a check. All with your me. all your uh... and, and the snaps, man. He, this is another uh, hand clap snap team. The crowd will factor Nick Roush. Yeah, it definitely, definitely will. I don't. I. I would think they would be smart enough to learn from Florida's mistakes, but you never know. Uh, shout out to the Big Blue Nation for making it happen last Saturday. They could do it again. I mean, I know the Rose Bowl, they, they did have a road game, but the Rose Bowl wasn't rocking like it's going to be a rocking Saturday night. So this could be another game where the fans make a big impact. And, I mean, the biggest – this will be Max Johnson's biggest game to date on the road. I know that – that game at, in the fog at Florida last year was a little wonky, but it's not going to sound like it's going to sound Saturday night in Lexington. Yeah, uh, LSU uh, Johnson spreads the ball around. Boutte is obviously his number one choice, but true freshman tied in uh, Jack Besh. 19 receptions, 252 yards, a touchdown. There are seven LSU pass catchers with, with double-digit receptions for the year, uh, mostly dink and dunk. So Kentucky's done really well as far as not allowing the big play. That's going to be critical against LSU. Uh, let's look at the Tigers' defense. Uh, Durante Jones is the is the coordinator, and uh, again, and probably more so than the offense, talent doesn't match results, uh, Nick. Uh, you know, but there is a lot of individual talent on that defense. 18 sacks, leads the SEC, 44 tackles for loss, second in the SEC. But Jay Dorch, all those pros on defense, and there's a bunch of them for LSU, allows 248 pass yards per game, which is last in the conference. How does a defense with that many pros, especially in the secondary, give up nearly 250 pass yards a game? Yeah, I haven't seen them play, uh, but it's got to be undisciplined. You know, they're not playing as a team. They're playing as individuals more than likely. It is, it, you know, Stingley's – I mean, he's probably the best cornerback in the country. I know he's out, but, you know, him and that other cornerback, what's his name? Eli Ricks, yeah, also I mean, an All-American. Maybe may may the, the best tandem in all of college football in the secondary as far as cornerbacks. Uh, it doesn't make sense because their rush is pretty solid, I'm sure, yeah. um, com coming off the edge. And, you know, whenever you look across the, the board forever from LSU, they have they always have the prototypical <laughs> defensive front. And yeah. I'm sure they have it this year as well. So it, it's got to be uh, they're, they're not buying into either the coach or the system or whatever. Um, and they're not just not disciplined. They're not they're not carrying out their assignments and trusting their teammates. Yeah, three different – Andy, three defensive coordinators in three years for the Tigers. Uh, Damone Clark, uh, linebacker, uh, is, a, is, a, is a dude. Uh, 55 tackles, leads the SEC off the edge of defensive ends in a 4-2-5 in a, in a, in a uh, scheme. Uh, I, uh, Ali, Gay, uh, Ali Gay, 
and B.J. Ojolari are, are two defensive ends that get after the quarterback. Uh, as you can imagine, a lot of talent in that front six that, that LSU plays. Uh, how could Kentucky go attack that defense, and will it have success? Yeah, I, th- I think they'll have success because, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to do uh, – if, if you've watched our teams over the last couple of years, we're going to do where we can expose them. And I, I just think it, it sounds like that, again, that lock, he's lost that locker room and that kind of talent. A couple of things go against these guys. They're not going to play hard. You know, they, they're, they're seeing their season kind of unravel from a bowl game standpoint, the championship standpoint. I don't know. And that, and that crowd, I didn't say it earlier, but the BBN has been dying for this opportunity and they showed it the other night. And I think even, I think Stoops and all those guys were blown away. I don't think they knew we were capable of it. And they, they get a couple of big plays on LSU and that's going to be on. And this might be our offensive breakout game. You know, it might be the game that we, we do throw it around a little bit. I hope you're right so much. Just so this time next week, we can just dog Freddie (laughs) to no end. I just, just dog his ass. Freddie's just wanting to tell us all he, I told you so. Well, the, the, the problem is, <laughs> you know, I do, I do, is, I do is think he, this team is just different. This team, this team is different. The staff is fantastic. The game planning has been great. Yes, we had a couple of slow starts, but the senior, the senior leadership, the kids that came back because they knew what was going to happen. There's so many things going in our favor. You know, it's just, I don't, I, I just don't see it. So I think, I think we're going to, you know, we could be a little sluggish from and hungover from last weekend, but at the end of the day, this team's not going to let these guys come in there and beat them. Hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just mentioning stats. I'm not offering opinion here. And again, I said I trust Mark Stoops because he told me not to worry, so I'm not worrying. I'm the just stating too, the obvious as far as the numbers. It, even if this is a get right game. It ain't going to be getting right for long. I don't think anybody's getting right against that Georgia football team. <laughs> that defense. No, yeah. well, no, I mean, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Speaking <laughs> of schedule, speaking of schedule, here's uh, here's LSU. They go to Kentucky Saturday night. Uh, check this morning. Kentucky's a four point favorite. Up to four. And then, up to four. And then, <laughs> and then after Kentucky, Florida. At Ole Miss, at Alabama, Arkansas, ULM, and A and M. So, <laughs> LSU. I mean, when I say their backs against the wall, I say it in this game. I mean, it's a it's a week by week deal in Baton Rouge right now. Uh, you know, I mean, Coach O is in some trouble. I mean, he's a very well, likable guy, and he's, he's great for the state, great for recruiting. But, Nick, if this game – if this is a close game in, in going into the fourth quarter, you have to think Kentucky has the advantage. Yeah. yeah. Again, LSU – I mean, discuss, Nick. You know, and I, I don't want to call LSU a poorly coached team, but I don't think it's very organized. I think there's discipline <laughs> issues. I think there's motivation issues. And that's supported by the numbers. Fourth quarter, again, 57-31, LSU being outscored. Third downs for LSU defensively, giving up 47% on third down with all that talent. Talk about how the coaching uh, situation with the Tigers. 
The amount of off the field stuff is, uh, I can't count enough of it. And it's not one big thing, but it is a ton of little things. You, you That culture there is just on shaky grounds. It was great when everything was going well. You have guys in there that when success is happening, their, their stuff don't stink. Well, if your stuff doesn't stink and you do stink, then you get into a lot of trouble. And I think that's been the case with some of their uh, you know, kind of top-notch athletes. And I I just – I know that Coach O, he's been in a similar spot before where he's – he can be at his best when he's backed into a corner. But if you don't have that buy-in from his players, when the adversity hits, are they going to fight for their coach or, or are they going to back down? And I can't – I, I, I can't put my finger on the pulse to know exactly what's going to be the case, but I think that's why it's significant and very important for Kentucky to get off to a hot start against this LSU team and force them to, to try to play with some urgency um, just to see if they even have it. Cause if not, things could get, could get ugly quickly. Yeah. With all that talent, you never, you know, you might be in a situation where uh, NFL futures may take uh may take priority over the team already three and two with that schedule coming at the back end. Mm-hmm. You know, you might you might be looking at uh, the combine more than you're looking at, right. at Chris Rodriguez, uh, stopping Chris Rodriguez jr. So. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Nick, your favorite part of the podcast, the Pick'em segment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with Jay Dorch. Vanderbilt getting 37 points at Florida. Who you got? <laughs> Taking Florida for sure. <laughs> Andy Murray, Florida Vanderbilt. Oh, Dan Mullins has got to get some redemption. He will. He will bury those guys. He will bury them, and he'll tell everybody about it too. Oh, yeah. good, good, good luck to him. He'll tell everybody, and then he'll try to fight Clark Lee after the game. Yeah, to prove his yeah, point. Yeah, he'll he'll make a, he'll make his point. He. He just got beat for the second time in four years by Kentucky. He needs them to go beat Vanderbilt by 100. Yeah, yeah. And he probably will. He probably will, unfortunately. South Carolina is getting 10 points at Tennessee. The Vols absolutely clubbed Missouri in Columbia. Uh, that offense scoring a lot of points. South Carolina offensively is a mess. Uh, I don't think that they can score 10 points, let alone cover the spread. Nick Rouse, who you got? I think Tennessee is way overhyped, Freddie. Don't believe – that Missouri team, they're going to let a bunch of teams score points on them, especially after two kind of close losses on the road. I think they were deflated coming back home, and they let two losses turn into three. Don't buy the Tennessee hype. Volunteers are going to voluntarily not cover the spread this week. They're not going to lose to South Carolina Stinks. But they, they, that, they, that's, your, that's your trap game. <laughs> Real live trap game right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm on the Hendon Hooker and Josh Apple train. I think Tennessee 
beats the absolute snot out of South Man, Carolina. Saturday, you got to get right? you got to get away point. from those Tennessee fans down there in southeastern Kentucky, Freddie. <laughs> They're, they're yeah, poisoning your brain. To, you know, you know, it was down to us in Tennessee when Freddie decided on Kentucky. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Royals and the Kansas City Royals. Matt, yeah, it was that. actually it was actually Kentucky and the Kansas City Royals. So until you screwed my life up and taught me into not playing baseball, Jay Dorch, who you got? I'm going Vols, man. I I think Evans is the real deal. They found a running back. That guy's legit. Good. All right. Let's go to the Big Ten. I personally think that Tyler Lindebaum, the center at Iowa, was the best player in college football. I really enjoyed watching him play. The Hawkeyes are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Penn State. Nick, who you got? Man, I really really want Kentucky to take care of business. Or not, not Kentucky, Iowa, because like that's a big game there. You win this one, and you're kind of in cruise control. But I worry that they've just gotten too lucky to this point. I think Penn State wins. A lot of turnovers have gone their way. They don't have much of an offense, so I think their 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 luck runs out. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. You saying Iowa is lucky to be undefeated? They got what? The same. Like- Plus 12 turnover margin right now? Well, there was a uh, LSU writer that said the same thing about Kentucky. How did that strike you, Nick Rouch? Uh, said that Kentucky was different. on a lucky streak, not a winning streak. A lucky streak? So he hadn't watched the games then. Like Kentucky's yeah, been well, he, also K- said, <laughs> he also said Kentucky was 2-0 in the SEC, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Kentucky, dude obviously yeah. didn't do his homework because Kentucky's been anything but that. Iowa, though, they've yeah. got they, – Iowa at one point this year had more touchdowns on defense than they did on offense. I mean, uh, yeah, and it's a you've got to give them credit, but at the same time, like I just I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't think Sean Clifford's a world beater by any means, but in this spot in this situation, as much as I hate James Franklin, like I kind of just I'm just fading the Hawkeyes here. You know, I was turning into that one team that I like to watch other than Kentucky. So I'm taking the Hawkeyes. Jay, who you got? I was a two and a half point favorite. I'm going Hawkeyes. I think Franklin's an absolute poser. I think he's a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Hawkeyes all the way. Andy, I will use a fullback. So I thought that I, I was oh, thinking God. that that without might be in your doubt, wheelhouse. Without a doubt, the Hawkeyes. Can he yeah. catch? Oh <laughs> no, he's just like you. He lets him go through his hands for an interception. He gets <laughs> he lets it get into his shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> All right, the game of the week in the nation, uh, Nick Roush. Kentucky is a four-point favorite at home on Saturday night at Kroger Field against LSU. The Cats are five and zero. Oh, LSU three and two. Who you got? I really do think that Kentucky. While it might have its ugly, like its its moments of pause where we're kind of freaking out, I just think this team is playing so much. They're they're football is a team sport. All right, this ain't basketball. You ain't just having one guy go off on you. It's not a game of individual talent. Individual talent. LSU might have more of it. They might have more NFL players in that roster. But as a team, 
I mean, I know it's just Waka Flocka, some rapper coming in to, but like when his biggest takeaway from his time in Lexington was the togetherness. And I really think that that's that intangible is something that's incredibly valuable in a big game like this where the emotional exhaustion from a week ago can be tough to keep going. But with the senior leadership that Kentucky has, I ultimately think that they're going to rattle Max Johnson just enough and create enough big plays defensively. That that offense, Chris Rodriguez is going to be rocking and rolling. Kentucky's going to take care of business Saturday night and win, let's say, 29-20, 29-20. So Kentucky will score 29 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to run the damn football, Freddie, right down their throat, right down gotcha. LSU's throat. Just like Andy, they did against Kentucky, uh, Missouri. Andy, Kentucky's four-point favorite against LSU. Who you got? I love the Cats. I just think, you know, every time I hear Stoops say something or some of these players say something and just the unity on that team and the togetherness, that's hard to beat, man. I mean, it's just – I don't know. I And it sounds like, you know, some of the issues LSU's having, it, it's, it's going to be – I just hope we don't keep LSU in the game. You know, don't let LSU get out early and get that talent rolling and get those guys excited. But if we come out and, and play like we played last weekend or some form of it, I, I don't think LSU's got a chance. I just I think the team the team is going to take over the talent. You know, the NFL talent, uh, those guys aren't going to want to get out and get after it. And, and our team will – I think they'll show up. And I think, you know, if you watch Stoops this year, too, he's been low-keyed and just matter-of-fact all the way so far. And I think he's got these guys dialed in, and he knows just about how much pressure to put on them every day to get them ready. And, uh, you know, he said the other day, walking out of his press conference, he goes, press conference, I'm going to go step on the gas. I mean, he knows what he's got. And, uh, you know, the schedule sets up beautifully. I mean, it, it couldn't set up any better. I mean, how would you like to have LSU schedule? I mean, we got our schedule. You know, I, I just think he knows – I think he knows he has just got one hell of an opportunity and he knows how to, you know, turn these guys crank and get them ready. Jay. I got the cats. I think uh, Nick and Andy kind of said it in different ways, but I think uh, it's the closest locker room Stoops has had. Every year that he's been there, he's had a few distractions. Um, but I think as far as the closeness of this team, it's the best he's had. And then I'll go a step farther and say it's the closest staff he's had. Um, I think in the past, you know, love Eddie Grant, hate him. I think Stoops handcuffed him, in my opinion, in many ways. I think there's always been some sort of conflict in the staff. I just think they're – that's the best staff he's had, best locker room he's had. Um, so many seniors, senior-led on both sides of the ball. Uh, there's no holes, you know, there's so much depth. Um, I, yeah, cats win, you know, I think it's just, a, just a 30, 14, something like that. Maybe just look at the, the frustration that this defense put on Mississippi state last year and with a similar style of offense. I mean, Mike Leach was ready to pull his hair out and yeah. I, I just think Brad White's going to have, He's going to have a plan. And in our underneath coverage and speed, I mean, how many times have we seen <clears throat> underneath the pass breakups that we see from this team? I mean, they're 
they're jumping everything and, and knocking balls down left and right over the middle of the field. That used to be the biggest aggravation for me watching our defenses is that every time somebody got something in the flat or in the, you know, right there behind the linebackers or in front of the linebackers, it was just money. And it just doesn't happen anymore. And they, they drove Leach bananas last year. I think mean, he scored, did he? No, I, I, I just think, Brad, I just think, I just, they, 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 I mean, they scheme, they, they will have a scheme for these guys and they'll take away what they do best and it'll be, it'll be a win. Well, here, here's how I look at it. I think Brad White, again, I, I know I say it every week, but I mean, he, he's a stud. And if you look at this Kentucky defense, they've taken away the best offensive player against Missouri, Tyler Beatty, 60 yards rushing. Brad White schemed it up where he was not going to let Tyler Beatty beat his defense on the ground. Kentucky checked that block. South Carolina, Josh Bann averaged nearly 30 yards a catch, had three catches for 128 yards against Georgia. Uh, he had three catches for 16 yards against Kentucky. Brad White took Josh Van out of the game. Last week, those two Florida quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, were on the ground, uh, a dynamic duo of, of, of ball carriers. Brad White took them out. They combined for 66 yards on the ground last week. So I think he's going to come up with a scheme for, for, for Kayshawn Boutte to take him or try to limit him. You're not going to take a great player like Boutte completely out of the game, but you can schematically draw something up that limits his touches and limits his opportunities, especially in the red zone. So that's something that I'm looking forward to watching on Saturday night. Let's get to the uh, most important uh, game of the week. Go ahead, Nick. I, I want to say something quickly, Freddie. I take back my Iowa-Penn State thing. I was yeah. 14 and one in its last 15 games as a favorite, four points or fewer. And James Franklin's teams are 0 and 9 in true road games versus top 10 teams with just one decided by 11 points or less. So hey, I, I love the Hawkeyes. I tell you what, if you get to watch Iowa play, watch number 65, watch the center. As oh. much as I was on Quentin Nelson a few years ago at, at Notre Dame, uh, who I would have voted for uh, in the Heisman Trophy race. I am equally as high on Tyler Lindebaum, the center that I would love watching him play play the football game. All right, gentlemen, the game of the week. Jay Dorch, I'm going to start with you because it's down your part of the state. Owensboro Apollo going to Henderson County. Henderson County, Sadiq Clements. Clements is uh, UK, Louisville, Indiana, Purdue offers. There's a lineman down there. Who you got, the Eagles or the Colonels? Oh, man. I'm going Apollo. Whoa. Dort's yeah. going with the upset. Yeah. I am. Yeah. They're on the road. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with Apollo. All right. Andy Murray, Apollo at Henderson County. Apollo 4-2, and two, Henderson County 5-1. and one. Who you got? I'm going to go with the road white. I'm with, I'm with Dort's. I don't know anything about either one of them, to be honest with you. So I'm going to take oh, I'm going to take I, the guys on the road in the road white. I'm hopping on Apollo as well because I always <laughs> thought it was a space school when I was growing up. So <laughs> let's go Rockets! Yeah, man, to the moon. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Henderson County here. <clears throat> Love that community. I have a lot of ties to Henderson County. 
and I think the Colonels are better, are better up front. Has a, they're going to run the football, keep Apollo off the field, who's thrown for over a thousand yards. Henderson County gets it done on the ground. I'm taking the Colonels in a big win. Hey, Freddie. Yeah. You you're the only guy I know that has a lazy boy for his chair at his desk, man. I'm so <laughs> impressed with that. It's just freaking sweet, man. Hey, Jay. <laughs> let, let me tell you something, man. And Nick Nick can tell you, with this job, you're never off the clock, dude. So comfort <laughs> is key for me. I, you know, I'm at that age. I'm broken up a little bit. I, I have to value comfort. Uh, so that, that's what I got. Nick, tell you, man. You, you ought to, you're in this, you this right where it's around the clock. Maybe you can get an NIL deal with the uh, Lazy Boy. It's <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> awesome. Nick, tell him, man, we're always on the clock, bro. You never, you never yeah, get time yeah. off in this deal. And we're always on the clock too for sponsors. So, lazy boy, by all means, come on. That's right. Hop on the Death Star yeah. podcast. Good <laughs> boy. Yeah, Don't yeah I'm all about the brand. Yeah, I'm all about the brand. So, guys, I appreciate it, and 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 I think uh, you know we've offered some different looks at the Kentucky LSU game coming up this Saturday night. It's a key game for Kentucky. Um, you know, this is a special season. Could be a very special season. Uh, have, have to get the win against the have to get the win against LSU, and then before Nick, a guy, a Jay and Andy, Nick on on their football podcast already had Kentucky in the Sugar Bowl, and I didn't want to hear anything about that rap voice. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, it's a party, and it's going to be a party Saturday night at Kroger Field. All right, guys, y'all have a good weekend. Thanks, Thanks for guys. everybody for listening. Uh, subscribe to us, like us, tell your friends about us. We appreciate you. Go Cats and uh, go Kroger. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.